ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so you remember last class in the last class we were talking about the issue of fear and how there are different types of fear and that some of those types are acts of worship and one of the greatest acts of worship which cannot be given to other than Allah then we come to this section now where it says qala ba'dul ulama خوف العبد ينشأ من أمور that the fear a servant has it arises from certain affairs أولا معرفته بالجناية وقبحها that a person the servant he knows about the the sin or the wrong or the criminal act that is done, the transgression that is done and the evil of it. When a person knows the severity of the sin that is committed, then that will cause some fear in him, knowing that he could be punished for that severe sin that is done. Thanian, bil وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ رَتَّبَ عَلَى الْمَعْصِيَةِ عُقُوبَتَهَا That a person believes in the threat. Allah has mentioned the punishments for those who are wrongdoers. You believe in all of those threats that have been mentioned in the Qur'an. That a person who sins or does wrong, then he is in line for this punishment, for that punishment. You believe absolutely that there are punishments that will occur to those who are deserving of them. ثالثاً كونه لا يعلم لعله يمنع من التوبة من التوبة ويحال بينه وبينها إذا ارتكب الذنب. It could be that a person doesn't know. It could be that a person doesn't know. لَعَلَّهُ يُمْنَعْ مِنَ التَّوْبَةِ وَيُحَالْ بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَهَا إِذَا ارْتَكَبَ الذَّنْبِ That may, <coughs> maybe he is prevented from tawbah, from seeking repentance, and an obstacle is made between him and it when he commits a sin. وَبِهَذِهِ الثَّلَاثَةِ يَتِمُّ لَهُ الْخَوْفِ قَبْلَ الذَّنْبِ وَبَعْدَهُ وَيَكُونُ خَوْفُهُ أَشَدُ And with these three affairs, with these three affairs, a person, he then has his fear in its totality. A person then has his fear in its totality. He realizes the severity of the sin, realizes and understands the punishments and the threats, and 
maybe he is prevented from the tawbah and an obstacle is made between him and it when he commits a sin وَكَانَ الْأَنْبِيَاءُ عَلَيْهِمُ السَّلَامُ لَا يَنْقَضِعُ أَمَلُهُمْ بِاللَّهِ أَبَدًا وَلَا يَيْأَسُونَ مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ فِي جَمِيعِ الْأَحْوَالِ مَهْمَ اشْتَدَّ الْخُطَبُ وَضَعْفَةِ الْأَسْبَابِ That the prophets, they never cut off from their hope in Allah. The prophets never cut off from their hope in Allah. And they never lost their hope in whatever circumstance, no matter how severe the affair may have become, or no matter how difficult or weakened their means may have become, they never lost hope in the mercy of Allah. They never lost hope in Allah. So it's mentioned, for example, فَهَذَا خَلِيلُ اللَّهِ إِبْرَاهِيمُ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامُ لَمَّا بَشَّرَتُّ الْمَلَائِكَةِ بِالْوَلَدِ مَعَ كِبِرْ سِنِّهِ وَحَالْ زَوْجِهِ الَّتِي يَسْتَبْعِدْ مَعَهَا حُسُولُ الْوَلَدِ When Ibrahim alayhi salam, the Khalil of Allah, was given the glad tidings, when the angels gave him the glad tidings, that he is to have a child even though he was old in age at the time and his wife the state she was it was something far-fetched it was far-fetched to think that he would have a child but it's mentioned how at that time he mentioned وَمَنْ يَقْنَطُ مِنْ رَحْمَةِ رَبِّهِ إِلَّا الظَّالُّونَ Who is it that loses hope in the mercy of his Lord except the misguided? لِأَنَّهُ يَعْلَمُ مِنْ قُدْرَةِ اللَّهِ وَرَحْمَتِهِ مَا هُوَ أَبْلَغْ مِنْ ذَلِكَ وَأَعْظَمُ Ibrahim alayhi salam knew full well that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is able to do far greater than that just because he's old in age etc and it's unlikely that somebody in his situation would typically have a child then that is not something which will prevent it from occurring Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is able to do things far greater than that so that is an example and there are other examples given here, an example of Ya'qub salam not losing the, the, the hope in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And there's an example of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam when he was exited or removed from Mecca. And so they had to make the hijrah and go to Medina. It's mentioned there, إِذْ أَخْرَجَهُ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا ثَانِيَ اثْنَيْنِ إِذْ هُمَا فِي الْغَارِ إِذْ يَقُولُ لِصَاحِبِهِ لَا تَحْزَنْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ مَعَنَا That when they took him out, they exited him, they banished him, uh, those who disbelieved, 
the kuffar, the Quraysh, when they expelled Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the believers out of Mecca. So it was the Prophet Muhammad and it was Abu Bakr as-Siddiq that they were going and when they were in the cave, the two of them, then the Prophet said to Abu Bakr, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, said to Abu Bakr, لا تحزن إن الله معنا Do not grieve or be in sorrow. Indeed, Allah is with us. So, their hope in Allah, it became greater at the times of difficulty. It became greater, a greater trust and reliance in Allah at the times of difficulty. Then the Sheikh he says, Wallahu subhanahu yanha ibadahu alladhina kathurat dhunubuhum wa'adhumat jara'imuhum an yihmilahum thalika ala al-qunuti min rahmatihi wa tarki al-tawbati minha. That Allah prohibits prohibits his servants, the ones who have committed many sins, his servants who have committed many sins, and their sins are something significant and great, prohibits them from still losing hope in the mercy of Allah, and therefore not repenting. Because if a person is convinced by the shaitan, that you are not going to be forgiven. Your sins are so great and so terrible that you would never be forgiven. If a person is convinced of that, then he may not bother to make tawbah. He may not return back to Allah and repent if he has become convinced that there is no repentance for him. So Allah prohibits us from that, prohibits us from ever losing hope in the mercy of Allah and therefore abandoning, repenting and seeking forgiveness for our shortcomings and sins. <clears throat> so Allah mentioned in the Quran, قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِيهِمْ لَا تَقْنَطُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ جَمِيعًا إِنَّهُ هُوَ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ وَأَنِيبُوا إِلَىٰ رَبِّكُمْ وَأَسْلِمُوا لَهُ So it mentions here, say, O my servants who have wronged themselves, oppressed and transgressed, committed sins, يعني, not to lose hope in the mercy of Allah. Say to my servants who have transgressed or oppressed, themselves committed sins do not lose hope in the mercy of Allah indeed Allah forgives all of the sins he is the oft forgiving the oft merciful so this is an ayah that the scholars they quote often to highlight that it is from the deception of the shaitan that he convinces the believer that he cannot be forgiven, convinces the believer that there is no opportunity for him to be given forgiveness, and so there's no point in repenting. 
Allah prohibits us from that in this ayah. Do not lose hope in the mercy of Allah. Indeed, Allah forgives all of the sins, even if a person committed major shirk, but then he repented before he died, then that would be forgiven also. A person now lives his whole life upon shirk, but then maybe on the day that he dies, he accepts Islam, repents from all of that, accepts Islam, so he'll be accepted from him. So there is no sin that cannot be forgiven for the one who repents before he dies. Then, oh, the Shaykh then says, فَنَّهَا سُبْحَانَهُ عِبَادَهُ أَن تَحْمِلَهُمْ كَثْرَةُ ذُنُوبِهِمْ عَلَى تَرْكِ التَّوْبَةِ وَالْيَأْسِ مِنَ الْمَغْفِرَةِ That Allah forbade His servants to allow their sins to convince them that they should leave the tawbah and to lose hope in the forgiveness of Allah. Your sins, no matter how much they may be, then you are still, can still be forgiven. It's mentioned in many other narrations as well. Narrations like, Kullu bani Adam That all of the sons of Adam, they make error, they make sins. But the best of those who sin are the ones who repent. And in the other narration, كُلُّكُمْ تُخْطِئُونَ بِاللَّيْلِ وَالنَّهَارِ وَأَنَا أَغْهِرُ الظُّنُوبَ جَمِيعًا فَاسْتَغْفِرُونِ أَغْهِرْ لَكُمْ That all of you, you commit sins day and night. But I am the one who forgives. So seek your forgiveness from me and I will forgive. So these are all narrations highlighting that a person does not lose hope in Allah. And we spoke about this last week. The believer always balances between fear and hope, neither to the extreme of too much hope, like the murji'ah, nor to the extreme of too much fear, like the khawarij, and nor to the extreme of just love, like the Sufiya. So Ahlul Sunnah are always balanced between those affairs. وَقَدْ عَدَّ النَّبِيُّ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ الْيَأْسِ مِنْ رَحِ اللَّهِ مِنَ الْكَبَائِرِ And the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم considered or mentioned this loss of hope in Allah as a major sin, as something major. The one who loses his hope in Allah doesn't repent, doesn't believe he can be forgiven, abandons all hope and carries on therefore in his sinning. And that is a major affair. فَعَنْ إِبْنِ عَبَّاسِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمَا أَنَّ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ سُئِلَ عَنِ الْكَبَائِرِ That from the narration of Abdullah ibn Abbas, the Prophet was asked, What are the major sins? To commit shirk alongside Allah, associate partners alongside Allah, and to lose hope in the mercy of Allah, the forgiveness of Allah, 
and to think you are safe from the plan of Allah. وعن ابن مسعود narrated also from ابن مسعود رضي الله عنه قال أكبر الكبائر the biggest of the major sins الإشراك بالله والأمن من مكر الله والقنوط من رحمة الله واليأس من روح الله this narration very similar also from Ibn Mas'ud that from the greatest of the major sins is committing shirk and thinking yourself to be safe from the plan of Allah and losing hope in Allah, in the forgiveness of Allah which in then it then leads on to you committing and continuing with your sins. لِأَنَّ الْقُنُوطِ مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ سُوءُ بِاللَّهِ وَجَهْلْ رَحْمَتِهِ وَمَغْهِرَتِهِ Because if you lose hope in the mercy of Allah, then it's a very bad thought that you have of Allah, thinking that Allah will not forgive you. And it is your ignorance about the great and vast mercy of Allah, the great and vast forgiveness of Allah. We'll stop at that point there for the prayer, and then we'll carry on after the prayer, insha'Allah. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa Allah. Ashhadu an la ilaha illa Allah. أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله حي على الصلاة حي على الصلاة حي على الفلاح حي على الفلاح الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله. carrying on then from where we left off, the Sheikh says next. وكان بعض السلف يستحبون للعبد أن يقوي في حال الصحة جانب الخوف. وفي حالة المرض وعند الموت يقوي جانب الرجاء that some of the salaf they used to like and recommend that a servant strengthens the aspect of fear during his times of health and strength and during his times of weakness in illness and at death to strengthen the side of hope. Some of the Salaf, they used to say that a servant should strengthen the side of fear when he's in ease and in strength and in health, but when he's in difficulty or in weakness, when he's in weakness or illness or death, then to strengthen the side of hope. فتوازن القلب بين الخوف والرجاء يدفع على العمل الصالح 
فتوازن القلب بين الخوف والرجاء يدفع على العمل الصالح والبعد عن المعاصي والتوبة من الذنوب so having the balance in the heart between fear and hope it encourages that person and pushes that person to do the righteous actions and to stay away from the sins and to repent from any sins as for if there is an imbalance in the heart if there is an imbalance within the heart between that hope and fear so your heart leans towards one particular side especially so then that type of situation is where it would nullify or slow you down from actually doing good deeds. Meaning, if you have too much hope in Allah, you think Allah will forgive and you'll be safe and you don't particularly bother doing too many good deeds. On the other hand, if you have too much fear, then like we said, you don't bother repenting, you just carry on in your sins thinking there's no chance. So when there's too much hope or too much fear, then that type of person isn't going to be upright in doing his righteous actions. The one who's going to be upright upon his righteous actions is the one who has hope in Allah, that Allah will forgive him his sins, but at the same time he has fear of Allah, knowing what sins he's done and what wrongs he's done, and that he may be punished for them. So you always have that balance. The Shaykh mentions وَفِيمَا قَصَّهُ اللَّهُ عَنِ الْأُمَمِ السَّابِقَةِ أَلَّتِي عَطَّلَتْ جَانِبَ الْخَوْفِ فَحَلَّ بِهَا عِقَابَ اللَّهِ خَيْرٌ نعم He mentions here from the stories of the previous nations that have gone by who basically made the aspect of fear null and void there were people of the past and they thought they would be okay and nothing would happen to them and they'd be safe and no punishment will come to them. So then that is exactly what occurred to them. That they were punished and they were destroyed for not having that balance in fear and hope. Either being too hopeful, not caring, thinking it's okay, nothing's going to happen to us. Or some of them being too fearful and therefore abandoning the tawbah and seeking forgiveness are two of the greatest types of worship of Allah. Fear and hope. 
and it is obligatory that you make them sincerely to Allah, sincerely for Allah, fearing Allah, hoping in Allah, that it is sincere. And if there is any deficiency in either of them, deficiency in the hope or deficiency in the fear, then that is a deficiency in your tawheed and it is a corruption of your aqidah. The one who does not understand this concept of fear and hope being balanced. So now the ones who go to the extreme in hope, they say it's okay, Allah will forgive, Allah is the merciful, Allah is the oft forgiving, we'll be okay. But then they forget the fear side of things, that Allah is the most severe in punishment, and that the hellfire has been prepared for the disobedient. They forget about those things and they go to an extreme in their hope. And that leads them to misguidance. And on the other side, as we've said, those who go to an extreme in fear, but Allah has said this punishment and that punishment and this punishment, and I've done all of those sins, and the shaitan convinces them that they cannot repent. So they continue upon their sins without repenting. Therefore, the point here is that the servant has to understand as Ahlul Sunnah, we balance between the fear and the hope. Then comes the next section, Ashirku fil Mahabba. The shirk which occurs in regards to love. Loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is an act of worship too. We already mentioned before that having the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has to be alongside loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. لِأَنَّ تَعَبُّدَهُ بِالْخَوْفِ فَقَطْ هُوَ أَصْلُ دِينِ الْخَوَارِجِ فَالْمَحَبَّةِ هِيَ أَصْلُ دِينِ الْإِسْلَامِ الَّذِي تَدُورُ عَلَيْهِ رَحَاحِ So, if a person only had fear, and didn't have any love, didn't have any other aspect, then you would be upon the way of the khawarij. So love, it is a foundational aspect of the religion that the religion revolves around. Loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَبِكَمَالْ مَحَبَّةِ اللَّهِ يَكْمُ الْدِينُ الْإِسْلَامِ وَبِنَقْصِهَا يَنْقُصْ تَوْحِيدُ الْإِنسَانِ So by or with the perfection of your love for Allah, then your religion is perfected and completed. And with any deficiency in it, then you will have a deficiency in your tawheed, in your singling out of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in al-rububiyya, al-uluhiyya, and in al-asma'u wa-sifat. فالمراد بالمحبة هنا محبة العبودية المستلزمة للذل والخضوع وكمال الطاعة وإيثار المحبوب على غيره 
the point what we intend by love here is the love in submission in worship which necessitates that humility from you necessitates that submission from you that you submit to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you have that humility before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that you give precedence to that which pleases Allah over everything else you give precedence to that which is pleasing to Allah over everything else so then that type of love is that which is pure for Allah. It is not permissible that you associate any partners alongside Allah in that. Because this love is two types. Mahabbah Mukhtasah, a very specific type of love. Wahiya Mahabbah al Ubudiyah, Alati Testelzimu Kamal al Dilwatta al Mahbub. The love of worship of your obedience, which necessitates from you the complete and perfection of your humility and submission and obedience to the one you love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَهَذِهِ خَاصَ بِاللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى That type is obviously specific only to Allah but then the second type وَالْقِسْمُ الثَّانِي مَحَبَّ مُشْتَرَكَ The love that is combined it has different parts to it and from this there are three types so there are two types of love the first is the love of worship to Allah purely for Allah the second is this love which has three sections to it the second type which is the general type has three sections under it the first, Mahabba Tabi'iyya, Kamahabba Til Jai' Lipta'am, natural love. That you have a default love for something. Like somebody hungry loves what? Somebody who is hungry loves to get food. So somebody hungry loves food, he wants food. That's natural. Pepsi, your dad is a doctor. You drink Pepsi. The second type is that love of compassion. What word do they use? That's a very specific meaning of it, parental care. But Ishfaq, Affection are good, yeah. Affection. The love of affection. So like the father to his children, the mother to her children, you have that love of affection. Then the third type, 
the love of companionship or friendship the love of companionship or friendship this is the third type now the third type the love friendship companionship mahabbat uns kamahabbat sharik li sharike wasadiq li sadiqi the love that a person has for his colleague or partner or a friend to a friend that general type of love that you have for your colleagues your friends that is another type of love which is obviously different to the second type the love of affection that's a different type and the first type the natural love the love that a, a, a hungry person has to food so the first category here was the natural love then the second category the love of affection and the third category the love of friendship and companionship these three are all from the second category overall there were how many categories two overall the love of worship that is pure to allah then the love which is split between different things how many things three and that's those three things this second category of love which has in it three parts it does not necessitate uh, considering somebody to be great and having awe of them to have awe is a better word Awe, but uh, many people they won't know what awe is surrender to surrender to submit to view someone as great to view somebody as great and tremendous to be in awe a w e so this type is not in these three categories we just mentioned it isn't there where is that in the first category you view allah of course as the tremendous the great the mighty the magnificent so these categories the three categories nobody is held accountable upon them they are not as acts of worship like the first one and these categories they do not collide or cause any disruption with the first category so these other three categories obviously there are going to be multiple people in them the affection type of love the friendship companionship type of love many people will participate in that that is considered shirk the multiple categories of it or that the fact that there will be multiple people in it the fact that there is more than one basically normally means shirk but in these three categories that isn't the case 
in the first category you cannot love anyone else with that love of greatness and love of submission to them and humility to them and surrender to them that is only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala والمحبه المختصه وهي محبه العبوديه هي المذكوره في قوله تعالى so the first type that pure love of worship and submission and surrender to Allah that is the one mentioned in the Quran in surah al-Baqarah 165 ومن الناس من يتخذ من دون الله اندادا يحبونهم كحب الله there are those who take partners alongside Allah and they love them as they love Allah those mushrikun they used to take partners other deities and love them as they loved Allah so which type of love is being spoken about there they loved them which type of love from the we had two overall categories first worship the second with three parts in it which one are they doing here the first that they are giving these other deities the love of submission and surrender which is only supposed to be for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that's why it mentions وَالَّذِينَ آمَنُوا أَشَدُّ حُبًّا لِلَّهِ those who believe are greater more higher and severe in their love for Allah what does that mean? Ayah says that there are those mushrikun who take partners, deities alongside Allah and they love them with the love of submission and surrender just as they love Allah. So they are committing shirk. But the believers, they are greater in their love for Allah. What does that mean? We'll get to that in one minute. Yeah, we'll get to that in one second. We need to get past this part, then we'll get to that in a moment. So, what is the love of the believers being greater? They don't commit shirk, so explain. Explain it here. So that is one tafsir. That the love the mushrikun did they did the mushrikun love allah but they also loved others so their love was split but the believers their love is pure to allah so their love is greater than the mushrikun that is one tafsir another tafsir almost uh, that's that's right that's right but maybe better more explanation so that means what what their love is greater for Allah than the mushrikun. How? We've done that one, the shared one. It means the other tafsir, they say, the first one is easy. That the mushrikun love Allah, but they love these others too, so their love is split. But the believers, pure. So it's greater. The second explanation, they say, that the mushrikun, how much they love their gods, it is not the same as how much the believers love Allah. Like a very easy example, if the mushrik loves his God, 5 out of 10. The believer loves Allah, 10 out of 10. So the love of the believers to Allah is stronger 
than the love of the mushrikeen to their gods and deities. So in both ways their love is greater. What was your question again? Adoration or something, what was it? That could be the first category. That could just be, yeah, that could just be the first category. The natural love you have for things, you love this car, you love this food, you love something, you adore something. No, it could be several things. You like different types of food, for example. Uh, in the affection type, the mother adores her children, uh, uh, the, and there are several children. It doesn't mean it has to be one thing. That's just generally loving something, liking something, uh, adoring something, you may use the word. That could probably work in the first category and the second category. But that isn't a, a shirk. Shirk is where you submit and surrender to something. Your love for something is so much that you begin to surrender yourself to it. That is only to Allah. We surrender to Allah. We obey Allah. Not that we surrender or submit to anything else that we like or we love in creation. We're going to have to round off there. Too late. Your hand came up too late. Split second, you know, on the clocks. On the traffic lights, if you go past within one second, apparently you're okay. Taxi drivers, no. But that, that was uh, more than one second, I think. Allah Alam. No, it shouldn't mean, if it means that, then it's shirk. You can't adore something and love it to such an amount that it stops you from worshipping Allah. You adore something meaning you love it a lot. And that's it. There's nothing more to it than that. It's just another word. Different words, adore, love, whatever those words might be. As long as you're not submitting and surrendering yourself to it. If you adore something so much that you surrender yourself to it and you stop worshipping Allah, that's where the shirk is. So they're just words, different words to indicate the, the feelings. So we'll have to leave it there. We'll carry on uh, next week, inshallah, at approximately 7 p.m.